0: Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. There's a fresh name in energy policy circles you should have on your radar. Representative Buddy Carter is taking the gavel of the House Energy and Commerce Committee's Environment, Manufacturing, and Critical Materials subcommittee. It's a key environment panel, and the Georgia Republican replaces Representative Bill Johnson, who left Congress last week. Carter is also looking to become a top GOP voice on addressing climate change as a new vice chair of the Conservative Climate Caucus. To mark his rise, I spoke with Carter about his top priorities for the panel, why Republicans should compromise with Democrats on permitting reform, and what conservatives hope to gain by having a seat at the climate table. It's Wednesday, January 24th. So, Congressman Carter, we're wondering off top, you know, what are your top priorities for the subcommittee and how would you say they're maybe different or similar to your predecessor, Bill Johnson?
1: You know, we've got a number of things that I hope we will be able to accomplish in the subcommittee throughout the remainder of this session. Number one is that we need to beat China. China, right now, is the OPEC of critical minerals. And we understand, especially after. What we've experienced through COVID, the importance of supply chains, the importance of manufacturing here in America. And we should learn important lessons from those experiences that we had. So that's going to be very important. Decreasing emissions is going to be important. Making sure that we unleash American energy. That's something that I'm very high on because I believe that we've got the resources here in America. And also creating a pro growth business like environment like we have in Georgia.
0: Digging into a couple of those things that you listed, on the emissions front, I know, of course, nuclear is, is of interest to you. It's an area where that we're seeing bipartisan interest and potentially something we might be able to see movement on in Congress this year. Is there anything specifically you're hopeful for that could actually become law this year? I know there's the Russian uranium ban that's been talked about, maybe easing licensing for advanced reactors. What are some things you're actually hopeful about?
1: Well, first of all, I've got legislation that would allow us to kind of set best practices for our nuclear program and to share that with our allies. That's very important. And to outlaw us being able to buy nuclear fuels from any of our adversaries. You know, I'm very proud and, and very high on nuclear energy. In fact, I'm very proud of the fact that we here in the state of Georgia have just completed and and are about to complete Another reactor, a nuclear reactor, the first in construction in this country in over 30 years, two hours north of my district in Waynesboro, Georgia. That's very important and sounds a good message there as well. There's no question that nuclear has got to be part of our future, that it offers clean baseload and reliable energy. And that's what we need. And that's why we need nuclear to be part of our portfolio.
0: On nuclear, there have been some setbacks, though, recently, particularly with advanced nuclear. I'm sure you've followed what happened with New Scale, their canceled first project. Wondering what makes you think the industry can actually succeed in time if it is going to be something to contribute to emissions reductions, given the targets that the U.S. and other countries have.
1: I do think they have had some problems. There's no question about it. But look, nuclear is extremely important. I had the opportunity to go to COP28 in Dubai. And I think that's very important for us to be there. I'll be quite honest with you. I had some tribulation at first about going because there are a lot of people in our party who believe that climate change is not real. I'm not one of them. I believe that climate change is real. And I believe that it's going to take in all of the above type energy strategy for us to address it. And I believe that nuclear is going to have to be a part of that. And I was proud to go to COP28. And I'm going to go to the next COP as well, because that's where we need to be as conservatives. And we've witnessed it in other countries. I had the opportunity to travel to Europe a couple of years ago and see how they have done away with their nuclear plants and how they have stopped with using some fossil fuels. And now they've had to go back to burning coal. And that's an example of where you allow your policies to supersede your innovation. And we've got to be careful not to let that happen here in America.
0: Yeah. And your trip to COP, it's really interesting. I know you also last week were named a vice chair of the Conservative Climate Caucus. So in involving yourself with this issue, I mean, what has been kind of the reception back home? You're from a very conservative district and also, you know, what you kind of took away from going to COP.
1: Well, first of all, what I took away from going to COP, thats as I say, that's where we need to be as conservatives. And I think there were some wins there. First of all, remember where it was. It was in Dubai, an oil and energy country in the UAE. Is, and, and I thought that was significant in and of itself. Secondly, at the conference, they finally have come around and said, yes, we're going to need more nuclear. In fact, we're going to probably need about three times as much nuclear as we thought at first in order to meet our emission goals. And I thought that was significant. Back home, remember, I represent the entire coast of Georgia, over 100 miles of pristine coastline. It's my home. It's where I've lived all my life and where I intend to live the rest of my life. The environment is very important to me, just like it is very important to a number of of different people who live down here. So I'm very proud that we went to COP. I'm very proud to, to be a vice chair of the Conservative Climate Caucus. And very proud of the work that we've done in in making sure we have this go toward renewable fuels.
0: One more on COP. I know, know you noted UAE being a host and that being noteworthy. They were, of course, party to the final agreement that came out of COP that the U.S. was also on, saying that should strive to transition away from fossil fuels in order to reach net zero emissions By 2050. I'm wondering if you support. You mentioned the nuclear part of the agreement. Do you support that goal and and that target? And what are your plans for the actual the Climate Caucus to like help the U.S. move towards achieving that target? If it is something you support,
1: well, I think that we as uh, members of the Conservative Climate Caucus need to be aware of that. We do need to have a seat at the table. I'm not necessarily going to say that I'm in full agreement with what came out of Dubai, but there were some other good things that came out. Finally, they are beginning to. Stop demonizing fossil fuels and start admitting that it's about emissions, not necessarily source. And that's extremely important. And we need to remember that and remember it as we go forward. Because look, this is a a, a big heavy lift, but we can do it if we set our minds to it.
0: Would you say though? I mean, I, I hear what you're saying on fossil fuels and, and you know, really focusing on emissions. Of course, I mean, I think you're alluding to like carbon capture technologies. But along with that, I mean, given how expensive those technologies are, we haven't seen wide scale deployment that there will need to be some reduction in use of fossil fuels going forward if these climate targets are to be met.
1: Well, there will be, but we cannot do without them. We've got to have them. They've got to be part of our portfolio. They've got to be a tool in our tool chest. That's why I believe in in all of the above type energy strategy, because we're going to need fossil fuels. And You know, I've been critical of the fossil fuel industry because I don't think they've done a good enough job of telling the story of how they've decreased emissions. And I think that's very important and it's something that the fossil fuel industry should be telling people about. And they're not.
0: So you think they're investing enough in new technologies like carbon capture and and others, hydrogen, or should they be doing even more of
1: that? Well, yeah, I don't know that you can ever do enough. But yeah, I think that they're doing their part in that and not only in trying to help with the new technologies, but in cleaning up their existing technologies as well.
0: And you mentioned up top critical minerals, a priority. I think that comes up in context also with broader permitting reform. I mean, that's something I think both parties want to... Critical minerals are interested in making it easier to mine here, potentially aspects of the Democratic Party to want to see that, you know, processing kind of bring onshoring a lot of these supply chains. So, yeah, I mean, how do you see that maybe fitting into to broader permitting reform? And I guess what are Republicans? I mean, if you do think permitting reform is potential this year in an election year, like what are Republicans prepared to like give up there? Right. I mean, it's we know Democrats want something on transmission. Like, do you think there's a possible deal here?
1: I'm always optimistic that there's a possible deal on just about everything. And I do think there is a possible deal on this in particular. Look, we need to negotiate with the Democrats and we need to come to some bipartisan agreements on this because this is important. As I said before, I believe in climate change. I believe it is cyclical in nature, but I do believe that man's got an impact on it. That's why we need to address these types of things and get more in line with what we're trying to do in renewable energy.
0: I know it's not your subcommittee's jurisdiction transmission in particular, but can you see Republicans? I mean, Jeff Duncan, you know, I know he's now retiring, but he's had an interest. He's talked to me about that. I mean, can you see Republicans actually giving up something in these negotiations if you're going to get something on critical minerals?
1: You know, that's the case anytime. You have to give up something in order to take a step forward. And I think that even though it has been typically hard for Republicans to do that, we're going to have to do that in this situation in order to move forward.
0: For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com power dash switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. And that's our show. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Chevron is taking action to keep methane in the pipe. Their 2028 upstream methane intensity target is set to be 53% below the 2016 baseline. And they're committed to evolving facility designs and operating practices. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com methane.